0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Student Section, your home for all things SEC football. I'm your host, as always, Jack Duffy. I am a football beat writer at the Red and Black, uh, the University of Georgia's student newspaper. I'm joined alongside, as always, by Michael Hull, a football beat writer for the Independent Florida Alligator, uh, the University of Florida's student newspaper. So, uh, And, you know, usually we have a guest on each week this week. It's just we're going back to week one. You know, we're going back to just me and Michael uh, chatting it up. You know, we got we got some crazy week six action that happened this past week. I mean, Michael, the college football world was turned on its head as Alabama goes down this week. What do you think?
1: I mean, yeah, that was obviously the story in college football and honestly in just sports and uh, probably not sports in general this weekend after the whole John Gruden thing. But, I mean, story in college football for sure, um, really a wild game all around. I don't know what you thought, but for me, it seemed like AM really just outplayed Bama for at least three quarters of that game. Um and yeah, they came down to that game winning field goal because Bama gonna Bama. But like AM, credit to them, credit to Zach Calzada. I mean, really talk about stepping up in a big moment. Um, he just, he refused to go away and he refused to go down. Um, there were times like he looked like he was hurting bad, um, but he just, he said, I've got one more in me. He, and he gave it, he gave it his all and it paid off. Um, it was great to see. As just a college football fan, you always like seeing the upsets. Um, Bama goes down. And I think I won't say I'm necessarily, I mean, obviously I'm shocked that they lost to AM. i A&M. I'm not shocked they lost a game, though, after seeing them play at Florida. I think some of those same tendencies that I saw from Bryce Young kind of being a little lost before the snap because of the crowd. I think those kind of showed up again at Kyle field. So credit to the AM fans for kind of rattling him a little bit. Obviously the stats were still great, 370 yards and three touchdowns, but he did, he looked a little confused at times before the snap. Um, they were definitely just, yeah, it was a great all around game from AM. Bama had 82 yards worth of penalties that had to be at least somewhat influenced by Kyle field. So shout out to Aggie fans. Shout out to the 12th man. Um, Just great win all around.
0: For real. It was a crazy atmosphere over there at Kyle field. I mean, I was just watching it on TV, but like they had Johnny Manziel show up and like they had that field rocking for an unranked team against the number one team in the nation. So it was incredible stuff. I mean, and you really touched on it. I I really felt like Texas A&M beat Alabama. Like you, the, Alabama shot themselves in the foot a little bit with penalties and whatnot, but they beat them at Texas A&M, beat them at the line of scrimmage. Like, I feel like Texas A&M really out Bama in this game. Uh, and credit to uh, Zach Calzada and Texas A&M because, man, that, that was an impressive performance. And, you know, in the back of my mind as, as a Georgia fan, I've seen my team get up on a lead against Alabama before. And, and you know Bama – won't die. So, like halfway through the third quarter I felt as though, you know, it was like, uh here comes Bama, especially after that blocked punt uh where they they took that for a touchdown. I was like, "Oh no, this is where Bama turns the tide, uh pun intended. Uh they they're going to turn this around and, you know, win by two scores." But then that next play they return the kickoff for a touchdown and I I I like took myself back and was like, whoa, Texas A&M might pull this off. Like they just took all of that momentum back. Um, and like you said, Zach Calzada, who has looked like inept on offense at times, pulled it together. Like he really had a, a really good game and what a game to do it against. Like, like against Bama, you know, um, 285 yards and, and three touchdowns basically looked like he couldn't walk after one of the, the, the drive before setting up the field goal comes back out of the field and, and just tears up the Alabama secondary to put them in field goal range and get that win. Really, really impressive stuff from Texas A&L. This is
1: a and This is a very deep cut um, to Friday night lights. I don't know if you've seen that show, um, but it's like season three, um, Matt Saracen, the quarterback. It, it reminded me a lot of Zach Calzada. I like that situation. <laughs> He was just getting pounded the whole game, basically like had a concussion, couldn't stand. Uh, the coach comes up to him. He's like, we need six points. You have one more in you. And he's like, I always got one more. And that, that's just, that was Zach Calzada on Saturday. He was like, I got this coach. Like I've got one more in me. And he did. Like, it was awesome to see.
0: For real. And, and like, it was just insane. Like I was thinking he was out, he was done. And to see him trot back on the field, like nothing happened, like really impressive stuff. So Texas AM, all credit to 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 them and Jimbo being the first assistant to finally knock down Nick Saban. Maybe it opens the floodgates. Maybe we'll see Kirby Smart finally also followed up. That's that's for later. We'll we'll get into that. But you know, um yeah, great, great uh week six game. And we had more too. Like if yeah. this was any other week and Bama doesn't lose. Like you look at the Arkansas Ole Miss game, like that's a game of the year, Kennedy, like crazy, crazy thriller. in in Oxford this week, um, what, what, what were your thoughts? You, you think, you know, Ole Miss comes comes out of the gates and, and you know, they threw six interceptions against Arkansas last year. Uh, how did you look at this game? I mean, both teams lost to Alabama and Georgia the week before. How are you feeling about this game? I mean, this game was just fun, right? Yeah. Like,
1: that's the best way to put it. Um, I was covering the riveting game of Florida versus Vandy at this time, so I didn't get to see much of it, um, unfortunately. But it was awesome. Obviously, great um, win for Old Miss kind of just to get back from losing to Bama. You weren't sure how either of these teams were going to bounce back. Um, and credit to both of them, really, for – just scoring so many points. You knew yeah. it was going to be a track meet. I don't know if anyone predicted over a hundred points total and over what over thir- 1300 yards over 1200 yards between the two of them.
0: It was uh, a lot. <laughs>
1: it, it was a lot. It looks yeah. like it looks like a big 12 game. It seemed like it was the Red River rivalry but just east of the Mississippi. Um, it was so much fun and yeah I think you know, Lane Train, we're back.
0: Lane Matt Train Corral, is back.
1: Matt Corral played well. Um, Ole Miss's running game looked great, too. They really had everything working on offense. It was a lot of fun to watch. The, yeah, the part yeah. I was actually able to watch. Shout out Florida Vandy.
0: Yeah, you know, hey, Florida got that shutout against Vandy. Uh, So, uh, Vandy, you know, coming off a win, maybe they were looking a little too much, celebrating too much after their win. It, it's okay. But, yeah, you know, this Arkansas Ole Miss game, Wow, like you said, it it was just you people coming into it thought it was going to be a track meet, but I I don't think anybody expected this. Like, and, and credit to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin because you know after Matt Corral threw six interceptions last year, you kind of thought, okay, Lane Kiffin's offense is this air raid offense. They and Arkansas plays a sort of drop eight defense where it kind of plays into that and that's how they were able to be so successful last year, but credit to lane this year, uh, switching it up. And I mean, that Arkansas defense dares you to run on them and and boy did Ole Miss run on Arkansas, just like Georgia did the previous week. I mean, Ole Miss had two hundred yard rushing games from their running backs. And then they almost had a 100 yard rushing game out of Matt Corral. Uh, So, a really impressive running performance. And, and I think that's what really did the difference for Ole Miss. They were able to run well. I, I mean, but you're still a two point conversion away from saying Arkansas wins this game. And I like the call by Sam Pittman. I wonder what your thoughts on this two point conversion call to win this, the game here at the end.
1: I like the call. I like the aggressiveness. I think that, I mean, this team I feel like you got to go for it at that point because yeah. you're not yeah. stopping Ole Miss. You haven't stopped them all day. Um, you've got a defense out there that's tired. Like, they just gave up potentially the game, tying touchdown. Um, I also like that there's no hesitation. Sam Pitt was just like, yeah, we're going for it. Um, I don't think that you can really regret anything. Um, I'm not positive about the play call itself. I like the decision to go for it. Um, I've seen a lot of bad goal line plays over the last two weeks as a Jaguars fan. This was better than both of those. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the shotgun rollout pass. Um, if I'm that close to the goal line, I'm usually looking like bootleg or just sit the quarterback back there or run up the middle. Um, but I don't disagree with the call to go for it at all. I think it's aggressive, but I think that's probably what the analytics would tell you to do in that situation. Um, again, I have no actual analytical background to say that, <laughs> but like, I just feel like you've got this team on the ropes. You want to get out of there. You're not stopping them on defense. Just go for the win right there. I agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, taking that Ole Miss team to overtime, it, it's almost daring an, an, a loss in it of itself because it, that almost team is going to score on every single drive they get in overtime. There's no stopping them. So I really do like the decision by Sam Pittman there to go for, go for two, go for the win. Like you said, I mean, the, the play call was probably a little bit questionable, but at the end of the day uh, it's, it's the play call they went with and uh, Arkansas walks away with the loss. Although it doesn't feel like a team that lost it. It, it really feels like either team could have walked away with the win here. So Really fun game. I I think that would have been the best game of the week had Bama not lost to Texas A&M. So, you know, uh, really good stuff out of them. What teams kind of impressed you this week, other than those two big games uh, out of the SEC? I mean, Tennessee's offense is just
1: like elite now, I guess. Tennessee's um,
0: here, I guess, you know? Because we
1: talked about them last week. I was like, I really want to see if they can continue this against South Carolina. And it's not like South Carolina is any good per se. Um, but that offense just looked great. I mean, they scored 35 points to open up the game at a 35-0 lead by mid midway through the second quarter, and the game was already over. Um, credit to Herndon Hooker. He looked great. 17 of 23, 225, and three scores. Obviously, their running game was working, everything was working. Um, really impressed by what I saw from Tennessee because when they played Florida, I was definitely less than impressed. I didn't think they had really anything on offense. Um, and also their all-black uniforms just look sick. So, Tennessee is my like most impressive team this week.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, you know since they changed the quarterback to hooker and, and I really feel like that Tennessee offense has, has just completely revitalized. Like I, I don't know what it, it is. It is about them, but they're, they're just competent on offense. Now they're making plays, they're going downfield. They're also running the ball really efficiently. Like uh, everything about that offense is a good, possibly even great offense. And they have a, a really Interesting matchup this week at home against Ole Miss, which we'll dive in a little bit uh, later. But I, I was impressed by their offense. Um, a team I was impressed by was Kentucky. I mean, you you go in after beating Florida at home. You have another home game against LSU. Obviously, LSU has not looked great this year. Uh, I I believe Ed Orgeron is probably going to get fired because there there might not be another win other than Louisiana Monroe on the schedule for him. Um, So LSU hasn't looked great, but that is a potential trap game coming off of an upset of Florida, who you weren't supposed to beat. And, you know, everybody was pegging it as, oh, here comes Kentucky. Uh, Watch out for this game. LSU could potentially pull something off. And Kentucky just put them away, put them to bed. Will Levis was efficient throwing the ball. He didn't have very many mistakes. Uh, And then Chris Rodriguez Jr. uh, Had a great game. Uh, That whole running game is incredible. And, And credit to the Kentucky defense. They held LSU to 21 points. I mean, you know, they, they really blew out LSU. Uh, and that was really impressive to me and they set up a really interesting matchup in Sanford stadium in Athens this coming Saturday. Um, out of the, the teams that, you know, possibly didn't impress you. What, what was the team that didn't impress you the most?
1: I mean, you just kind of mentioned them in that Kentucky recap, LSU, like, like, like you said, I think Coach O is a dead man walking at this point. Um, they just couldn't do anything in that first half. And by the time they finally got on the board, the game was over. They're down 21-0. Like, they start out, fumble, turnover on downs, punt, 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 and it's halftime. Like, you're not going to win a game if you can't do anything in the first half. Um, starting slow is one of my biggest criticisms of the Florida Gators this year. So that will be really interesting to see if I would be surprised if that game this weekend is, like, 3 0 at halftime because both these teams are slow starters. Um, you know, Mac Johnson, like, looked fine, I guess. Um, a lot of his numbers came late, but like, it's just, yeah, they're they just not. I mean, you think back to that 2019 team of Burrow and Chase and Jefferson and Edwards Alaire. Like, this just feels like it feels like that was 50 years ago at this point. Um, and we're only, what, two years removed? It's kind right. of kind of crazy how quickly it's all falling apart for the tigers
0: yeah and i agree i'm like i I was just mentioning it you look at that schedule and it's just brutal the rest of the way they only have one win that i i think is easy and then the rest are sec opponents that you're you're not going to get a win against playing like the way you did against kentucky it ed orgeron is definitely out i feel like they're just biding time, waiting, waiting to make the announcement. I feel like I I don't know when the announcement is going to come. It might come at the end of the season, but there's just no way. I think everybody's accepted the fact that Joe Burrow and Joe Brady were the ones that brought the national championship to, to Baton Rouge. They don't really believe in Ed Orgeron anymore. LSU is just back as a dumpster fire simply like two years after looking like the, the most dominant team in college football and and possibly the best offense in college football history. Another team that didn't impress me. Um, we talked a little bit about them earlier. I, I wasn't impressed by the physicality of Alabama. I like, I was really, you know, expecting them to come out and, and obviously it's a hostile environment, but you know, like, as the number one team in the nation, playing an unranked Texas A&M team who has struggled on offense, this should be a game that you get and, and you get out early on. Uh, I mean, Texas A&M had a great game plan for them, but Alabama continually looked like they were just lost, and, and I don't know what that was or like if there was something that Nick Saban maybe didn't prepare for. As hard as that is to believe, like it's just. Uh, I was not impressed by this Alabama team and it, it was really interesting to see. I mean, there were warning signs. I mean, you saw the Florida game, but, yeah. but you know, this Texas A&M team scoring 41 points after only scoring 10 points against Colorado. It's just mind boggling. It's, it's kind of confusing to me. So Alabama did not look impressive to me. Um, I've got one more. It's, if- Like
1: if we're, and we can kind of use this to transition into week seven. Um, So Florida, like you mentioned, shut out Vandy. Mm -hmm. They didn't impress me. Like, Like they didn't do anything to make me like dislike them more than I had coming into the week. But this Vandy team is terrible. Again, I love Vandy. We are a <laughs> we're
0: a Vandy, Vandy podcast.
1: podcast. We we love Vanderbilt here, but they're just not a good football team. And oh. Florida was even with them in yards at halftime. Like, oh, wow. yeah, like it probably should have been a one possession game going into the half if Vandy could make a kick. Um, like they missed three field goals. They had an opportunity at a touchdown that they squandered. I mean the Vandy was bad and lost that game more so than the Gators won it. Like, yeah, they covered the spread technically. Um, So like, I guess that's all you can ask for, but like that first half, like I said, they were even in yards, Florida had 80 yards worth of penalties in the game, um, which is honestly their Achilles heel this season. They had 115 against Kentucky. And yeah. then you think, Oh, they'll be better against Vanderbilt, right? It's Vanderbilt. They had 80 against Vandy. Um, they haven't had a game this season with less than 45 penalty yards. Wow, they're wow. One thir- they're one 120th in the country in penalty yards, 443 through six games. Shockingly, Alabama actually has two more. They have 445, which is mind-boggling from a Saban team. Right. Um, right. And so going into LSU, who we were just talking down and being like, yeah, this LSU team is not it. I'm a little nervous like yeah, as a yeah. Florida writer, because you go into death Valley, I don't care if it's day or night or whatever, that's a tough place to play. It's a really hostile environment. It's a rivalry game. Their fans are going to show out, even though it hasn't been the season they wanted to. And if the penalties don't turn around, um, if the defense and the defense looked fine against Vandy, but it was Vandy and like, <laughs> So you can't take anything away from that. Um, they, they gave up over 200 yards to Vanderbilt in the first half. Like, and the offense itself didn't look great early either. They, um, it was the least amount of yards Vandy had allowed in an SEC game this year, like in the first half, uh, or maybe just in a game, in a Division One game, I think, in an FBS game. Wow. And, yeah, because the second least was UConn last week.
0: There you
1: so go. <laughs> Florida had less yards than UConn in the first half against Vandy last week. We talked about how slow LSU started. If Florida starts that slow, they allow LSU to hang in it. They shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. I could easily see them losing this game. And they're 10 and a half point favorites. I I don't love that number. Like I,
0: yeah, that seems like um, a very high number.
1: <laughs> it's a very high number for a team that really hasn't impressed me very much like this year. Um I said on this podcast, I was like, Florida needs to demolish Vanderbilt for me to have any confidence in them going into this stretch that includes a not great LSU team, but then a bye week in Georgia. Like, if the team that shows up, that showed up against Vandy shows up against LSU, they might, they'll probably be able to win like by three or maybe a touchdown just because of the talent. But you take that team into Jacksonville, it's going to be a 30 point blowout. Um, so, yeah, Florida showed me nothing that made me any more confident going into this, like, next stretch of games.
0: And now I do have another question for you with this game. Being the game before Jacksonville, obviously there's a bye week in between. Do you think this Florida team, like, looking at how LSU's performed, do you think they're going to even be, like, looking – at this team as like an important game or they, are they even going to be looking ahead to Georgia, which is another reason for them to possibly be worried about this LSU team?
1: Yeah. um, I think, I mean, obviously you hope they're not overlooking anyone. I think since it's a rivalry game like LSU, I don't think Mullen would do that. Then again, I didn't think that last year and that's what happened. And right. Marco Wilson threw a shoe and the rest is history Um, because that team, I chalk that 2020 game up to coaching 100%. Um, he didn't have the guys ready. And so that's definitely a concern. And it's a noon kick, 11 a.m. Baton Rouge time. Damian Pierce, the running back, was actually talking in media today. He forgot what time the game was. One of the reporters was like, yeah, it's an early game. He's like, yeah, I know. The was like, yeah, 11 a.m. He's like, 11 a.m.? What? <laughs> um, so I don't know if the team – Mind is fully on LSU. Again, I have nothing to base that off of um, because everything in media has been like, oh, go one and oh every week. You know, that's the mentality. Is it
0: though? It like,
1: <laughs> is it though? Um, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on because this is the type of situation it happened against Kentucky. They overlooked Kentucky 100% and it came back and bit them. I mean, that's what happened. Um, now Kentucky is a very good team much better than LSU but I think that same standard still applies and that's kind of been Mullen's MO is he overlooks maybe the inferior opponents um so yeah that's that's definitely a storyline to watch
0: yeah I it's funny that you mentioned that I I feel like and I said this before to to some people I was talking with that I feel like Dan Mullen has his team play down or up to whoever he is playing, and that's yep. just like a very, like, key aspect about his coaching style. Like, no matter who he's playing, if Florida's better or worse on paper, it doesn't matter. He's going to either play up to that talent or he's going to play down. One hundred percent. I mean, they
1: played down to Vandy. Like, yeah. obviously, the talent won out in the end, but. Like I said, they had, Vandy missed three field goals and had a drive stall at the one yard line. That game easily could have been like twenty-one to sixteen at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been a five-point game at halftime if Vandy was like at least a little good. Again, love Vanderbilt, rooting for them every game that's not against Florida. Um, right. That's just kind of what Mullen does, and credit to him for playing up in those moments. Like they played very well against Bama. Um, but playing down to the inferior opponents, like you're not going to be a championship caliber team that way. It just right. doesn't.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, I, I look at that 10 and a half point spread. I think that's a little a little high. I I don't know what to think of this Florida team, um, which makes me nervous. We'll, we'll get into it as we get closer to Georgia, Florida week. I, I always get nervous for that game. But, you know. I don't know what to make of this Florida team this year. And you have a UGA team transitioning now that is playing really, really well. Uh, Now the number one team in the country. Um, That is very nerve wracking to me as well. Cause I've just, I, I, as a, a fan for 20 years, there's been a lot of experience, bad experience with just having high expectations, but now you get a game with Kentucky in Athens for the sec east as everybody predicted georgia kentucky for the sec east that's what everybody coming into the season thought um and this kentucky team who's really like exceeded expectations uh is looking for another upset um although georgia's you know a a 23 and a half point favorites michael i'm wondering what you look at in this game and what you see uh, if you can see kentucky pulling off an upset
1: yeah 22 and a half is a lot of points. Um, is JT Daniels going to be healthy?
0: So that is the question. I think it was. it's a, a more valid question this week than I would say it was for like Arkansas. Arkansas, they kind of kept it under wraps, but Stetson Bennett was the starter from Monday going into it. Uh, they just didn't tell anybody. This game, I feel like he's more healthy. Um, they said he's progressed really well, and he's like almost back to being, being uh, a player. Like he could start if he wanted to. And so I think, you know, if JT gets to Saturday and he feels like he can go a full four quarters, they're going to play him. But I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out. Stetson plays one more game. They hold him out for this game, the bye week, and then he comes back for Florida.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't see Kentucky winning. I mean, they're going to have to get lucky somewhere, whether it's in special teams, a defensive touchdown, something. Um, They're just going to need some break to go their way to even have a shot, because it's the same as last week with Auburn and the week before. I mean, the defense is just too good. Like, they're allowing, I think it's, what, now up to five points a game after it, they allowed 10 against Auburn. They allowed,
0: they allowed way too much against to Auburn, and it went up by have. one point. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, they've allowed five points per game this year, five and a half points per game, two offensive touchdowns this entire year. Um, yes, Kentucky's offense is probably the best they face. faced. Obviously, Arkansas's offense is great, too, so it's up there between the two they shut out arkansas 37-0. Yeah. like i feel like we've seen this movie before. um i said 22 and a half is a lot but like i don't think i'd bet on this game just cuz you don't really know what's going to happen. but i could easily see georgia just like winning by 30 because that's what they did against the top 10 arkansas at the time. um yeah, like i said kentucky's going to need to make a huge play on special teams or defensive touchdown or something to even have a remote shot in my opinion
0: yeah and and I find it really interesting too because Kentuckys style of offense plays really well into what Georgia's defense likes to do I, I mean they like to run the ball a lot and Chris Rodriguez isn't a very explosive back I talked with Hunter Shelton who was on the show last week but I talked with him this week and he was Telling me that Chris Rodriguez isn't this explosive back; he's a, a ground and pound, get five yards on you, and four yards in a cloud of dust is basically their game plan. Um, and if I'm Georgia's defense, I'm like game on. Like I, I would take that every single day of the week because Georgia's run defense is is, is fourth in the nation, I believe. I, I'm if I'm not mistaken, but uh, very good at stopping the run. You have a front seven that loves. To, to plug up the holes and, and and really get some damage there in the run game and which leads you to believe that you know Will Levis is going to have to throw and when he does have to throw he's made mistakes he's thrown six interceptions this season uh, he's been sometimes inefficient although last week against LSU he looked good um, they need uh, to make sure they minimize the mistakes like turnovers uh, in that sense because they have to play this Georgia defense perfectly if they want to pull out a win. Like you said, they're going to have to force some turnovers themselves. Like they're they're going to have to get the Georgia offense off the field without them scoring points. Whether it's Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels at quarterback, they're Georgia's going to find a way to get points. Um, and even that run game, who has looked better? Like Zamir White, James Cook, all of them have looked better in the last few weeks. Uh, I find it hard to believe Kentucky will win this game because, you know, I've seen – I looked at how Florida shot themselves in the foot playing them. They should have probably won that game if they played well – like played uh, better than they did. Um, Oh, yeah, definitely. And then almost lost to Chattanooga, an FCS team. I look at that that 22-23 point line, and I think that's about right. I think, you know, that Georgia team – they. Basically, Vegas is betting on, you know, Georgia's going to hold Kentucky to seven points or, or maybe even less, and they're going to score enough points to win the game. So I I don't see this particularly being close, but Kentucky has surprised a lot of people through six games. So and as we saw last week, nobody is unbeatable. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm I feel pretty good about this one, which which leads me to believe that I'm in for a, a real treat on Saturday covering this game, but yeah, uh, should be a good one. As, as I said, you know, the winner takes full control of the sec East and probably will find themselves in Atlanta. So we'll be fun to see college game days going back there. Uh, we have another fun game this week. We have Ole Miss in Tennessee. We talked a little bit about Tennessee's offense and we've always, we've been hyping up Ole Miss since the preseason and, Lane is returning to Rocky Top. What do you see in this matchup, Michael? (laughs) Fireworks.
1: Just offense everywhere. It'll be so much fun. Uh, 7.30 primetime kick. Uh, The over-under is 82, which is just absurdly high. But, like, still I think it goes over um because the Tennessee defense can't stop anybody and their offense has looked elite the last few weeks with Hooker under center um and it's kind of the same on the other side like old miss's defense is i guess better than it was last year not by much and their offense is one of the best in the country um i i could easily see Matt Corral throwing for like six or seven touchdowns like i just think that's it's just going to be one of those games it's going to be one of those big 12 shootouts, but in the SEC, um, the line Old Miss is a three point favorite, which is surprising. I would yeah. have expected them to be like at least a touchdown, like probably closer to that Florida LSU line. Um, I think old Miss wins by like 10 or more than 10 probably. Um, Cause I think they're just too talented, but it'll be very fun. This is like peak. You just got like a long day of stressful football out of your system and you just like want to just watch something fun. It's Tennessee Ole Miss.
0: Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the fact that the over is 82 is all you need to know if you want to watch a high scoring offensive game, tune in at seven 30 to watch this game. Like uh, 82 is the over and they still might go over that. Like, I, I don't even think that's like a, a terrible line. Like I, I, think you could definitely see. I mean, Ole Miss and Arkansas combined for 103 this last week. Like there was plenty of offense there, and I think you know with Tennessee finding their offensive rhythm, there's going to be plenty of offense here. I, I think Ole Miss, like you said, has a little bit of a better defense than they did last year. That's not saying a whole lot, but I, um, I think you know Ole Miss will be able to stop them once or twice. And that's where you'll see Ole Miss pull away because I don't know if Tennessee can stop them. I don't think their defense is there yet. Um, but also like if Tennessee keeps up the way their offense has been playing uh, Ole Miss could be in for a long night and could be going back and forth where they, they find themselves down in the fourth quarter having to tie the game or, or, or possibly try to drive down the field to win it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see either of those. I mean, and I think it's going to come down once again to who, which team can, can run the ball better. Cause I I've, I've said it like every week, the teams that play Ole Miss or, or when Ole Miss is playing, if whoever can run the ball well is more than likely going to uh, take that game. Like last week, Ole Miss was able to run the ball really well against Arkansas. It's, it comes down to who can control the clock against Ole Miss and, and who, who's able to really like determine the flow of the game. And so like, for Tennessee, you want to get Tyon Evans involved really early. You want to make sure that they're draining some of the clock. They don't give Matt Corral as many possessions as possible. Um, And and I think that would be the key to success for Tennessee. Uh, But yeah, I I think you're in for a really high scoring affair there and and we'll be exciting to see how Lane Kiffin looks in his return to Knoxville. Uh, Any other games this week that stand out to you, Michael, uh, from a standpoint? Uh,
1: That main, the other one that kind of stands out is that noon kick on CVS. Auburn, Arkansas. Um, Obviously, Bo Nix kind of came, became Bo Nix again um, against Georgia. Uh, He he kind of made us eat our words a little bit against LSU um, after we kind of gave him a little bit of crap a few (laughs) weeks ago. A little bit. It was all warranted. He got benched against Georgia State. He did not look good against Georgia. I don't think anyone can look good against Georgia. So, which Bo Nix shows up will be big. I think they have to get Tank Bigsby involved. He had 28 yards rushing last week against Georgia, 2.8 yards per carry. Arkansas allows 180 yards per game on the ground, so that is working in Auburn's favor. Um, Yeah, this is a game that both teams are coming off of, like, big losses obviously Auburn's was much much more not a contest than than Arkansas's was um but these are both teams that are basically fighting for their seasons they're fighting for a decent bowl game um at this point and I think Arkansas is what three and a half point favorites yeah I think that's a little low I would go Arkansas by like a touchdown um just based off of, I think their offense is more explosive than Auburn's and I don't trust Bo Nix, but yeah, that's the other, that's the other main game in the sec that I was looking at.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, that game being in Fayetteville plays wildly into Arkansas's favor. I mean, they're coming off of two straight losses to teams that, I mean, the Georgia game, wasn't close, but Ole Miss, obviously you're, you're a two point conversion away from winning. So you look at Arkansas and you could easily be five and one. And, and I think those fans are still going to be very much into their season because they're, they weren't projected to do much this season. So I think they're going to, they're going to come to play um, in Fayetteville. I, like you said, you know, Bo Nix, while he did look good against LSU, he made some plays against Georgia. I like, he's got this just Houdini ability about him. I don't get it. I like, I think he drenches his Jersey in baby oil. I mm-hmm. like just to be able to slip away from defenders that easily. It's, it's weird. I I don't know, but yeah. uh, Auburn isn't that impressive to me, but at the same time, I said it before Arkansas's defense, unless they switch something up is challenging you to run. Um, They drop eight back and they make sure, you know, they only rush three Uh, if Auburn can get Tank Bigsby involved and, um, you know, really into this game. uh, I think Auburn could potentially upset Arkansas because their run defense just hasn't been good in the last two games. Uh, Georgia and Ole Miss were able to run all over them. Um, But, you know, if Arkansas is able to adjust and figure it out, maybe switch up that kind of drop eight, bring three, defense that then i think you know arkansas is in for more of a routine win uh, especially at home so yeah uh i think arkansas will cover that spread uh but you know we'll see what happens uh i wanted to point out that i am very sorry for whatever alabama is about to do to mississippi state this week <laughs> because I have,
1: they're only 17 point favorites
0: only seven okay you
1: and do you know, I mean Mississippi way, State beat Texas AM. That's way too low. I mean <laughs> Nick Saban after a loss. I don't have any stats to back this up, but like I wouldn't be surprised if he's outscored opponents by a hundred, like after a loss. I mean, this man is he he looked like he was ready to kill someone during that AM game. Um He's going to have that team whipped into shape. I feel very bad for Mississippi State fans who have to watch that game and just, yeah, thought, thoughts and prayers to,
0: to. Thoughts and prayers to, to Mississippi State. Um, <laughs> I mean, also, yeah.
1: Can Vandy get a win this week? South uh, Carolina?
0: Bottom two SEC teams playing each other.
1: I mean, 18 and a half point favorites are South Carolina.
0: It's a I've lot seen crazier things. I've seen crazier things happen. I think Alabama was an 18 and a half point favorite against Texas A&M. So yeah. like I, crazier
1: things have happened. Vandy, like I said, they were able to move the ball against Florida, South Carolina's defense is worse than Florida. You know, crazier things have happened. I would love to see that happen. Um, Cause we are, as we've said many times, a Commodore podcast. We are rooting for you. Love Nashville. Um, so just, you know, maybe something to keep an eye on. It's a four o'clock game on SEC network that no one will be watching, but it might just like come across the CBS uh, score bug. And it's like, Hey, Vandy's up seven to three in the second quarter.
0: Yeah. You know, if, if Georgia is potentially, potentially blowing out Kentucky, I will knock on wood now. (laughs) Uh, if that's happening, you know, you maybe want to turn over to, to sec network and see possibly a closer game who knows uh it, it's possible i think south carolina has looked okay this season they 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 haven't looked great and obviously it's St. beamer's first year same with clark lee at vanderbilt and vanderbilt's much more of a project but but you know that that could be a close game uh if the cards fall but yeah so make sure you know you you tune in to, to vanderbilt if you want to watch mediocre to a below average uh football and remember below
1: average below, average, below, average, below average.
0: average let's not get crazy now there they have two wins wins plural but yeah but but there's, there's
1: that word
0: below yeah. average so you know keep keep your mind out for Mississippi State fans this week and, and you know Vanderbilt they're there <laughs> so yeah <laughs> they're uh, playing
1: football they're playing no, football they're,
0: they're trying yeah I you know, and I think that's that's pretty much it for the SEC this week. There's a, a few big games. But other than that, you know, they're they're kind of gearing up for this, I guess, week nine matchup towards the the Georgia, Florida game a, a little bit down the line. But that that would be the next biggest game I, I feel like is coming up on the docket. But, yeah, I, I it should be a fun week of football. If any if this season has told us anything it's just expect the unexpected. We're going to see some crazy football this week, I feel like, Um, and uh, just grab your popcorn, you know, as Lane Kiffin says. Um, So yeah, you know, as always, uh, student section is presented by the College Football Student Media Poll, a poll comprised of 100 plus student journalists, uh, you know, support student journalism. We're out here doing the most trying to trying to cover all sports at our our universities and really find our, our place in in a journalism field. So, you know, go check out our, our latest poll, you know, Georgia's number one there too. Uh, So good stuff, you know, and Michael, you know, why don't you tell the people where they can find you?
1: Yeah. So as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Michael underscore Hall 33. Um, I've, you can follow the Alligator at, um, or the Alligator Sports at Alligator Sports. Um, like Jack said, we're doing our best to cover every, every collegiate sport. So for Florida, that includes, you know, things like golf and volleyball and obviously football. And there's some fall baseball starting up. There's some fall basketball stuff starting up, men's and women's. Like, we've got everything covered. Um, support student journalism we uh what we do is important and if you want to follow my personal account for you know gator football and as usual i'll just say it again just some sad jaguar jokes and the yeah. nick Cassianos jokes i've been making a lot of those recently not totally sure why but like <laughs> i enjoy them um yeah that that's what i do on twitter
0: yeah and and you know it michael's a really fun follow and you can follow me at at Jack Duffy on Twitter and also follow at Red Black Sports uh, for some really good student journalism content. Like Michael said, it's, it's University of Georgia's uh, student newspaper. It's it's the same equivalent. We cover Georgia football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, all of the sports that you could think of. Uh, and, and got some really good coverage going on there. I'll be covering the Georgia-Kentucky game on Saturday, so I'll be in the press box for that. So make sure you follow me on Twitter for some play-by-play if you're not able to watch uh, on TV. Um, yeah, and, and make sure you follow Student Media 25 uh, for I'll some really the, good. Follow the poll. Um, follow I'll, the poll. Be,
1: I'll actually be in Baton Rouge this weekend, so me and, uh, me and the other alligator riders were driving up there on friday so very excited for that um i'll be live tweeting that as well so if you're not able to watch that game because you're watching i don't know more important games because they definitely
0: are um
1: yeah you can you can keep up um by following me and keep up by following jack for the georgia game
0: yeah for sure and, and I also forgot to mention, you know, Michael has his Jaguar tweets. I have my Atlanta sports tweets. You know, the Braves are currently playing in the NLDS right now, and they have tied the game 4-4. to I was watching this whole entire game while recording this podcast. Milwaukee hit a two-run home run to go up 4-2, and I was I was not happy. But they they brought it back. It's 4-4. I'm about to go watch the rest of this game after this podcast. So, you know, uh, I appreciate everybody listening, and make sure you follow and, and come back. Uh, next week when we talk about some more sec football so yeah Uh, see y'all next week